0: The festival also features diverse vendors as well as a specialty record, poster, and craft fairs and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit pitchforkmusicfestival.com. This is the Pitchfork Review.
1: The show about the musicians we're obsessed with and the albums you need to know right now. I'm Pooja Patel, the editor-in-chief, and today we're talking about the long-awaited, much-anticipated, incredible new SZA album, SOS. And to break it all down, I'm here with Reviews Editor Jeremy Larson and Culture Critic and Pitchfork contributor Julianne Escobedo-Shepard.
2: Hello, my friends. Hello, Pooja. So ready to break it down and build it up. <laughs> and then know. break
0: it down again. Yeah.
2: I, I have to ask, how
1: many what is the max number of times you've listened to this album in one day?
0: Mm, twice.
2: Whoa, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's mm-hmm. definitely like at least seven. <laughs> and for 24 songs. Yeah, it was I slept with it on. Because I was hoping before I had to write my review that it would seep into like my seep brain, into osmosis. yeah, osmosis style. You were gaming your Spotify wrapped, yeah.
0: Sleep with <laughs> SZA on everybody. Top ten. We're getting her to top ten.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the new Stan, the Stan activity.
0: Does the SZA Stan army have a name? Are they scissors? Are they the oh, oh the no, blades?
1: Be pro- Are they? <laughs>
0: Are they the. No,
1: do they? Is there a SZA Stan army? Uh, Yeah, I don't think so. Well, it's fair for us to think that there would be a Stan army because I do feel like there is this huge, insanely intense love and cult fandom for SZA, the artist. And a lot of that has to do with one, her putting out an incredible album called Control back in 2017 that really set her up to be this rising R&B star. And the other part of that is that she's had these kind of public dramas with her label. Everyone has been waiting for her next album. It's one of those, where's where's the album? And I feel like there is so much to just talk about, to contextualize the anticipation and the lead up to this album. So Julianne, I was wondering if you can kind of share for our listeners, what were you expecting? Like, what was on the stage leading up to this drop?
2: Yeah, so it's been five years since Control. And, you know, she has been having sort of this public beef or quibble, I guess, Mm -hmm. with TDE. So, yeah, it seemed like there's been a lot of stress involved in getting this album out. However... It's not like she hasn't been doing anything. She's released so many songs, collabs. She got an Oscar nomination, Mm -hmm. for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. And she's been dropping videos. She like self directed the Good Days video, and it's like really trippy and cool. You know, I think the anticipation was just hoping that she would progress her songwriting because I don't think for myself, for a lot of her fans, necessarily wanted her to deviate too much from Mm -hmm. control because it Mm -hmm. was such a near perfect album and I think that she did that I think you can tell that she's still within her own you know stylistic stretching out but that she's just gotten much better at songwriting and singing if possible there is such a special
1: energy around an artist who feels like an artist's artist and yeah. mm-hmm. who, you know, the best in class or the secret cult fave artists go to as a songwriter and a collaborator. You know, she was on consideration with Rihanna, iconic song. Maybe my favorite song on Auntie, to be honest.
3: You should just let me you ever respect me. No do things my own way, darling. You should just
1: She was with Kendrick on All the Stars for the Black Panther soundtrack. She did The Hit, Hit Different, Different. Hit with Taidala. Right. And then Kiss Me More with Doja Cat, which won a Grammy. And mm-hmm. it's kind of telling when she can do so many different things in each of these lanes with the top of the class artist, you know? Like, yeah. And I feel like a lot of this album is reflective of that, right? Like she can flex mm. across so many different planes and hit. So I feel like that is part of all of the anticipation for this release was just being like, we've seen you do it every which way. Which way is going to be the through line on this album, right? Yeah. Totally. So with all of this anticipation and with us loving Control previously, got an 8.4 from Pitchfork, Jeremy, when you were listening to it for the first time, what were you braced by? Like, what did it sound like to you? I think one of my
0: first thoughts was that there is almost no breathing room in here. <laughs> right, it yeah. felt like she was like, I have a lot to say, And I am not going to give you a single minute to just take a breath. Like, we're all going to sit here and it's like, I know it's an hour long, but I'm going to talk the entire time. (laughs) And I, I was taken aback by that at first because it is like a lot. There are no instrumental interludes, you know, like there are no long voicemails from family members, which I'm kind of thankful for. But there's such a density of lyrics and music and idea in this that it was really overwhelming to take in at first. It is like a really like thick layer cake. And I feel like I'm finding more things every time because it is so stuffed with lyrics. And we get that sort of scissor style of like really fast and quick stuff, especially in songs like Smoking on my X-Pack. I'm
3: screaming back at a bus trick. Hawaii for weather. Booty soft in the leather. These holes is featherweight. I wipe my phone and gave some my beat the case. Them whole accusations weak. Them bitch accusations true. You hating from please. I wish you well. Smoking on my x tonight. Smoking on my x tonight.
2: Smoking
0: but you also get someone like the, the... When she slows down even like on Gone Girl and Nobody Gets Me... There's still this energy and forward momentum in all of those songs. And I find that I was never bored by it. It's long. And there are some moments that like don't work for me personally now, but I'm never, ever bored.
1: I think that we were all relieved that there were no like explicit interludes. <laughs> like, for one, yeah. off the jump, we were like, collectively, mm-hmm. we were like, oh, boy, this is in the 20s in terms of the number Mm -hmm. of songs Mm -hmm. what awaits us um but it did feel relieving to not have these kind of like abrupt stops that felt like fillers or explanations to get you to the next part right like that was so fluid oh yeah Shep what about you Um, I mean you were texting me being like this bitch a poet (laughs) <laughs> oh, no.
3: <laughs> but legit, wow. though. I must not be on that thing.
2: <laughs> but legit, though, I mean, I think that, you know, <laughs> as a cultural critic, as you described me, but also, especially as a writer, I was a beside myself mm-hmm. because, like you said, Jeremy, it is so dense and there's so much to unpack. And not only that, can we just like, shout out her breath control. She has a rapper's breath control. It's
0: Shout out her diaphragm. Her diaphragm
2: is putting in work. (laughs) And and that was really astonishing. And then the thing that always astonishes me about SZA is that, you know, when Control came out, there was a lot of talk about Joni Mitchell. Probably not enough talk about Joni Mitchell Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. she has this sort of similar take on how to write songs, how to write structure, how to you know detail in her lyrics but also where the melody is going to go and it's mm-hmm. never where you think it's going to go. And obviously she recognizes that she has a song called Joni that she wrote as I think the quote was a trap song in the style of Joni Mitchell.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: But the thing that really I'm just always beside myself is, like, how and where does she pull these melodies from?
0: Can I specifically shout out the pre-chorus to Seek and Destroy? It's like this cascading, like... And like, I I first heard that and I was, I like, I like you, I was beside myself that because it just came out of nowhere. And to just like have the gumption to just throw in this crazy idea, like right in the middle of the song. I loved it so much.
2: It's like, this is
1: why this felt like such a relief that there weren't all of these interludes that were disruptions because she figured out how to make it sound like one. But I was thinking about that on Love Language, where she does the, like, rap thing into singing, into this vocal modulation of an outro, which ends with, like, harps and violin. And then the next song Mm -hmm. hits right in. And you're just like, you did that. How did you do that?
2: Like, where did your brain... Make this. Like, it would be incredible to just sit in on her songwriting process at some point, because I wonder if how much of it is just, like, almost, like, freestyling. Yeah. Which is not to say it's not precise songwriting, but, like, she just kind of, like, seems to, like, let her muse fly, kind of. Can we talk about
1: just, like, big hits, fave songs, like, the best writing about
0: disowning an ex? Yeah, I got you. How about this? All right. I got your favorite rapper blocked. I heard your dick was whack. Your favorite athlete screaming, text me back.
2: (laughs) Yes. A plus on that one.
0: A plus. No notes.
2: Because you always hear that rumor like, oh, yeah, the dick was whack. But you never tweet it, right? (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) But she tweeted Mm -mm. it. (laughs) She tweeted it.
0: And then added. And then just like, here's some mustard on top of it. Here's some more. Here's some more spice on top of it.
1: I feel like we gotta talk about Kill Bill, which is like yeah. front and center kind of the most the funniest I don't know, it has like the funniest hook <laughs> on the entire yeah. album. Oh, yeah.
2: the whole thing is like building up to like thinking about killing her ex but knowing that it would not be the well she says not the best idea and then she does it and like (laughs) you know it's so funny to like imagine killing someone and his new girl and then sort of having second thought, like a almost like a fleeting second thought about <laughs> Not it. Not <laughs> the best idea. Yeah, like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Oh, well. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: But the the kicker Whoops. of that verse Whoops. is so heart-wrenching. Like, I'd rather be in jail than alone. Well, that's like a classic, yeah. like,
0: country song, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a murder ballad. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, like, it's, it's amazing. Each little chorus has, like, a different twist on it and the last one she's like i'd rather be in hell than alone like as opposed to jail i mean it's like it's fun old school mm-hmm. songwriting yeah and i don't think sis is known for like fun old school songwriting in fact like that's what control basically wasn't and that's why it was so fantastic i go so far it's almost corny but it's not you know like it's it walks right up to that line
2: oh i think it's like camp you know yeah. yes exactly so, I think Nobody Gets Me is a great song. She has the best line, which is You were balls deep, now we beefing. Had me butt naked at the MGM, so wasted, screaming, fuck that. <laughs> and then she goes on to say,
3: Wasted, screaming, fuck that. Blowing out, but I'm anything. Hurry on, baby, stick it in for the memories. Get to kicking in, it's too late. And I mean, that is,
2: it's like, oh, yeah, like, you're having ex-sex, you don't want to think about all the drama, just, like, fuck the pain away, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful and tragic scene. And then the other one is SOS itself. She says, I'm horny, like, suck these. (laughs) So daring, like, touch me, and all the petty shit aside, all the funny shit aside, I just want what's mine. And I think that is the most succinct a summation of this album mm-hmm. as
1: you can get. Totally. It's so funny to me that Nobody Gets Me is also kind of the like Taylor Swift sing along song, mm-hmm. you know, like it feels playful and light. But the content is raunch.
0: It's raunch. But th- the part of that song that really gets me is that she's like, "If I'm real, I deserve less. If I was you, I wouldn't take me back." Like she has that moment of like, "Like honestly, <laughs> I I deserve this." Yeah. Like that, and that's like stuck in there between yes, all of yeah. this like raunch yeah. and like. And primal thing and I'm like that's I mean to me like that's why yeah you're brilliant. like that's why it's just a little tiny thing but it's like that's how we all like we all have those moments like in in the throes of like hurt and pain where you just want everything but then you have that moment of doubt right and you're like ugh, like yeah maybe it's, it's like nails <laughs> on the this.
1: head the like desperate want to be chaotic and feel something with yeah. how exactly mm-hmm. and precisely isolating it is, right? Where it's right. like, make me feel, but also I'm a piece of shit, but also no one will understand that I am yeah. complicated, you know?
0: So there are some guests on this album. Do you guys want to talk about some of the guests on here? <sighs> <sighs>
2: yeah, That's let's sweet. talk about some of the guests. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about the guests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Babyface produced Smooth. That's, That's cool. That was cool. Dark Child. Dark Child's on wow, here. Wow, yeah. But uh, there we got Travis Scott mm-hmm. who shows mm-hmm. up, Don Tolliver, Phoebe Bridgers. Mm-hmm.
2: I like Don Tolliver and I like his verse mm-hmm. and I think he sounds great. I've been
3: riding, riding through this cold world Thought you had another wedding, caught a widow girl I feel like it's over Some things calling to get closer
2: I do not like Travis Scott on this or, like, in general, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't think he adds much to it.
3: It it
2: And I think just her alone would be fine. But I know that they're besties, so it's like...
1: I do kind of feel like this is a place where she outperforms her guests,
0: consistently yeah but i
1: do i agree julianne i feel like the don tolliver edition like it it made sense it felt good it sounded good um the rest it's just kind of like is what's going on here how did this happen can we talk about the phoebe song jeremy what's your take on the phoebe song
0: the song is called ghost in the machine and it's a song about like, uh, computers, boy, ooh, not <laughs> sure about them. Um, I think when we all saw the track, list and we saw like Phoebe Bridgers on here, we're like, what is gonna happen mm-hmm. here? Like, are these two depressive people going to swallow each other whole? And then it's like a song about just like AI and like phones. And so I, it, it sort of was a little bit of a letdown for me.
3: Ouch. About myself and look where that got me standing on my own in an airport bar, a hotel
2: lobby, I think that Phoebe and Sizza both have risen in the same epoch of mm-hmm. when everyone was like Ready and okay with saying I'm not okay Mm -hmm. in public on the Mm -hmm. internet. And that's obviously only increased since the pandemic, since the increasing economic disparity of the freaking world. And, you know, obviously racial and gender and sexual orientation discrimination, it's all become like none of us are fucking okay. Mm -hmm. And SZA kind of came at this time where it's like, hey, I'm like a superstar with this outsized ability and talent, but I'm not okay also.
0: I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour.
1: We're back with Jeremy Larson and Julianne Escobedo shepard Let's like address the whale in the room. <laughs> the whale yeah. in the room? <laughs> the elephant
0: in the room? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go with the whale. Let's address with the whale in the room. With an album
1: that is this long and has so much depth to it, there has to be flaws, right? There just like inherently has to be some things we couldn't maybe do without, some light missteps. Um, was there anything that didn't hit for
2: you well i think probably the most common argument is that because it is so long there's that little section in the middle where there are five songs that don't mm-hmm. really go with the top and the bottom of the album that includes f2f can we mm-hmm. talk about f2f i love it
0: Ooh, I, hate
1: I
3: also it. like it
2: It does sound like it's going to be playing in, like, the Duane (laughs) Reed. I appreciate that she went there. And I also can't... You cannot deny the chorus.
3: It is, like, the the
2: quintessential... And for, you know, having to sit through the era of misogynist, pop punk, and emo, I fucking... Because I miss you. It feels like a full circle moment. Oh, a hundred percent. That's a good
1: mm-hmm. good comparison,
2: so it, this kind of goes with like those five songs. I think in those five songs, I have a theory that she was just like, "Hey, I can write." Songs in the style of other artists, as well mm-hmm. as those artists can do it. So she has "Smoking on My X Pack" is sort of like Kendricky, like you know, mm-hmm. kind of like boom bappy mm-hmm. rap, and then she has "F2F," which is kind of like Miley, kind of like little Paramore in there. She's got Nobody Gets Me, Mm -hmm. which is basically like her take on a Taylor Swift song. So it just feels like she was kind of like both showing that like she doesn't have to be pigeonholed, Mm -hmm. but also she can write as well or better than these other artists. That's my theory. I'm 100% with you there.
0: I'm 100% with you. And that's why I don't like it. Like to me, I'm just sort of like, it kind of like dents this idea that she's this really sort of voracious listener. And because it feels like so stock and like this, it sounds like rights-free pop punk that we could play at the end of this podcast. (laughs) You know, Julianne, you wrote in the review that she whittled this down from like hundreds of songs, right? And so I kind of think about this album as sort of like taking a tour. It's like a showcase. It's like her museum show, right? And it's like, look at all of these pieces that I want to show for you, right? And I think... 20 of them are incredible. And I think this one just like doesn't work for me Mm.
2: personally.
1: Wow.
0: What do we think about Conceited?
2: I like it. I like it too. You like
0: Conceited?
1: I think of Conceited and Notice Me as a pair. And I think that when I think Mm. of them as a pair, that's when I really, really love both of them. I had
3: everything and I'm living all for.
0: I'm betting on me feels a little like first act of a Disney musical. Here we go.
1: <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying
0: to me, like, again, like I'm nitpicking. I'm uh-huh. picking nits here. So that's that's all. But I, I do like it. And I'm glad it like is like another part of her. I just don't think she wears it as comfortably as she does. the other.
1: Yeah, parts. I mean, I think that I for for an album that has so much that is
0: really, really self-deprecating and self-aggrandizing there's some amazing moments of just like fuck you like like i'm i'm on my shit and like this one is just sort of like somewhere in the i middle mean okay so me let me go back
1: to my theory about notice me and conceited being a pair so yeah notice me is basically just like make me feel valuable mm. right in any capacity okay. It feels so vulnerable and kind of desperate, honestly, in mm-hmm. a way that I think we've all related to at some point in our lives. And to then hear a song on the same album that is just like, I'm actually doing okay. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm proud mm. of I'm proud of my life. I'm proud of where I'm at. Like I've got me, and that's all I need. Like that is, again, part of the whole kind of spiral (laughs) mentality that I keep thinking about where it's like those two things can live together and both
0: feel really good. I like that you're actually opening something up for me because like I find Conceited like a little frictionless in and of itself. But like when compared to something else, like it kind of like rocks against something else in like an interesting way.
1: Yeah, I think in context of the album, I really, really love it. Totally. Oh, yeah. Last thoughts here on a like 30,000 foot level. Can you tell us what SZA signals to you? Like, why does this feel so crucially important to us?
2: So say what you want about the horrors of the algorithm singles era. This era has made it so everyone listens to every genre, you mm-hmm. know, hypothetically. And for a 100 years, black women were put in boxes and particularly after like the 1960s, 1970s where black women could only do, you know, certain things and couldn't get outside of that lane because record labels, you know, had such power over what people's output was. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're seeing is not only a more voracious public, for different genres from their favorite artists. But I think what we're seeing is just those doors are being blasted open because those limitations were set down for so long. And I think that that's what Beyonce did. And I think that's what SZA is doing right now. I mean, she makes it a point to say like, no, I am making R&B.
1: You
2: know, she's not like, say, Frank Ocean, who was really, at first when he came out, was really like, why do you have to put it my music under R&B is that this is racialized because obviously there's that long history of Mm -hmm. what used to be known as, quote, race music, Mm -hmm. this ugly history in the music industry. But she's also like, just because I make R&B doesn't mean that I can't expand into other genres.
0: Is this not just like pop music? Like, is Mm. this not just like, I think so many times we've coded pop music as white. To me, I'm just like, well, this is the sound of what pop music is right now. And to me, it, it is like a the sound of a black woman. It is the sound of like a history of R&B coming in, but like, it's also kind of the sound of like an electronic production. It is like the West Coast funk sound that TDE has been basically like cultivating. This to me sounds like what pop music is like this year. And I don't think we could have said that when she put out Control. Right. And I think because of Control, we could now say that like, this is the zeitgeist.
1: This is pop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Before we go, I'm going to ask everyone to share the one liner from this album that either made them laugh out loud or that they were like, wow, this line sees me Mm. and I relate and I feel this line harder. I'll start. Okay. Mine is from the song Used. And the line is, Mm. can't trust nobody you ain't been broke with.
0: Mm -hmm. Damn. I'm just like... Yeah, I'm going to cheat because this is a twofer and it's a line from control that connects to a line from SOS. So on Drew Barrymore she has this line about like I need to get therapy and then on I just killed my ex she's like I just got a therapist to tell me there's other men (laughs) and I think that's such a diss to like therapists (laughs) and the idea of like needing therapy I think that's like such a brilliant (laughs) little line like snuck in there so that's my favorite
2: On I hate you, she sings, and if you wonder if I hate you, I do. (laughs) It it does speak to me. I mean, it, it, it speaks to experiences with exes that I've had and it also speaks to just like getting a little older and recognizing that I no longer have time for fuck shit. Well, on that note, Julianne mm-hmm. and Jeremy,
1: thank you so Thanks much for, for having me out. Thank you.
2: It's always fun talking to y'all.
0: Pooja, can you can you do can you do your best uh, Morse code SOS? A <laughs> plus, no notes.
1: <laughs> the Pitchfork Review is a production of Condé Nast. You can find Julianne Escobedo-Shepard at Johnita, that's J-A-W-N-I-T-A, on Twitter. You can also read her review of SOS at Pitchfork.com. Catherine Fenelosa at Rococo Punch is our senior producer. James Trout at Rococo Punch is our technical producer. Ryan Dombel is our showrunner. Jessica Grumulia is our music supervisor. I'm the editor of Pitchfork, Pooja Patel. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year!